All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Welcome to PT Pinecast. Before we get started, uh, I do want to let you guys know something cool that's going on with the show. Some of you guys were asking about this uh, event that was in our Facebook group. Uh, this is an event that we're helping to put on with not one, not two, but three, uh, sorry, four APTA state chapters. I'll throw the graphic on the screen for those of you watching a live stream on Twitter, on uh, YouTube, on Facebook. Uh, we're helping to pre uh, present the 2021 Northeast Physical Therapy Conference. This is six tracks worth of information. This is orthopedics. This is pain. This is peds, geriatrics, neuro. Six tracks of information. We throw in some... Uh, some private practice information as well, CEUs for this. So this is APTA's state chapters of Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, all coming together, almost like Voltron. But remember, there was five. That's only four. But the, the Voltron metaphor still works. Um, the date of the event is November 13th. It's an all-day CEU event. But I get it. If you're not available November 13th, it's okay. Um, you can check this event out with 365-day access, which is pretty cool if you think about it. So 365-day access, uh, CEUs, the whole nine yards. You, you know it's quality because APTA uh, state chapters, those four that I mentioned, are, uh, are putting it on. So you're getting some leaders in the, in the profession. Uh, right now, I am adding the link to get your tickets with up to 365 days of access. Uh, I'm putting it in the comments below. You're going to want to grab your tickets soon, because right now it's early bird pricing, as the kids these days are called. Actually, I think the grandkids these days call it early bird pricing. Um, but uh, you're going to want to save some money on this anyway. So buy your tickets sooner rather than later. Save some cash. Get your CEUs. Get online access for up to uh, uh, 365 days. All from that event, Northeast Physical Therapy uh, Conference. Again, November 13th. All right. Uh, before we kick things off, I do want to say thanks to our friends from CBDRX4U.com. That's your CBD store. Uh, getting the ABCs of CBD at CBDRX4U.com. That's the number 4U.com. We've got Dr. Anthony Ferrari coming on the show uh, a week from today, actually, next Thursday. Going to go over the ABCs of CBD. Plus, MW Therapy. Uh, question is, has your EMR cost grown out of control? Has your current EMR hit the wall? Was it like invented in 2007 before smartphones? It's probably not updating. Um one size fits all EMRs. They suck and they waste your time. But hey, listen, transferring an EMR, that sounds like a massive overhaul. It's not. Uh, something better is easy to customize and transfer, and that is MW Therapy. Take a demo. No strings. MWTherapy.com. We're switching your EMR is easy. All right. Thanks to our sponsors for keeping us on the uh, the air. Thanks for you guys for taking a listen. So without further ado, and you know how much I love me some ado, let's kick the show off. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to PT Pinecast. We like to say great physical therapy conversations on tap. That's what we do. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever good podcasts are heard. Hell, wherever mediocre podcasts are heard. We're there, too. Uh, follow us on the socials at PT Pinecast, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and now got our brand spanking new updated YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe, like, and subscribe. As the kids, as the streamers say, like, and subscribe. 
I don't know why they say it like that, but they do. Very, very motivated. Um, during the show, if you have questions or comments, this is not like fifth grade library. We don't want you to hold your uh, your comments to yourself. Shout them out as you're as you're listening live. Again, streaming this thing live on the uh, the socials. Uh, drop those questions or comments in the uh, the comment section, and we'll see if we can get to those. Anthony Maritato. Anthony, how are you? That's not how this. I hope you're fine. I can't hear you. You can just hear me because that's how streaming works. Uh, but we are digging in. We're doubling down. And I love when we get into these topics. Today, we talk about the importance of local marketing for physical therapy clinic owners. Uh, we're going to get into the two audience segments. And then I love this where we get into this type of topic. Trust, equity, and community buy-in. All of these are things that a lot of times we might say, yeah, we're doing this with patients. Or these are important for patients. These are also important with your community. These are the things you want to be talking about. All right. So we're, let's dig in. By the time this episode is over, uh, you'll know and you'll experience, you'll understand why marketing is an essential, overwhelming, it's okay to say it's overwhelming, part of growing your clinic and understand your base to start growing your clinic today. Our guest right now, uh, marketing manager at Physical Therapy and Balance Centers. He's handled every role that a PT business has. He's touched them all. All right. Tech worked in reception, that that client experience that we talk about, marketing assistant, physician liaison, and now managing marketing for physical therapy and balance centers. Let's get him in the show. Uh, let's welcome Justin English to the program. Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jimmy. I appreciate you and uh, happy to be here to talk all things marketing. Excited to uh, to have you on. And we say the uh, the first question's always the hardest. First question's always tough. All right. So let's get it on the screen here. The uh, the first round uh, what are we drinking today, Justin? What do you got? Um, today we are drinking Yingling. Um, it's hard not to drink a uh, kind of broad-based brand beer, um, you know, that touts itself as America's oldest brewery. Um, so, uh, wanted to drink some Mango Cart by Golden Road Brewing, a, a homage to the West Coast, but uh, beggars can't be choosers. So, happy to drink. Well, cheers, cheers to their uh, P- Pride of Pottsville, Pennsylvania, I believe it says on that bottle there. I have toured that brewery uh, multiple times uh, uh, working in the Pennsylvania area. Uh, I'm doing a Dogfish Head Slightly Mighty IPA. When you want that IPA, t- and I'm not being paid by Dogfish Head, but I w- am open to sponsorship capabilities if Dogfish Head is listening. Um, when you want that IPA, but you don't want like a gajillion calories, the Slightly Mighty, I will say, is uh, is very, very good. So cheers to you, Justin. Thanks for coming on the show. Cheers. Uh, thanks to our friends at Owens Recovery Science. They sponsor the first round, a single source for PTs looking for uh, personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training and the equipment you need to apply it properly in your clinical practice. OwensRecoveryScience.com is their website. They've also got their own podcast, the Owens Recovery Science Podcast. Yes, Anthony is also Penn State, Yingling, Pottsville, um, America's oldest brewery. It's just a good, I and mean, if you if if you're in Pennsylvania, you don't even call it Yingling. You just call it Lager. That's they just call okay. it. They just, they just call right. it Lager. That's all we call it. All right. So Justin, let's get you on the show. First of all, I, let's make an announcement. Can we do it? An announcement. Let me get the uh, the fanfare. There we go. Announcing, uh, you guys, uh, physical therapy and balance centers. You guys are going to be a, a a brand new sponsor of the show. You're going to help to keep the show uh, on the air. So thanks so much for you guys coming in and embracing what we do here. Anytime, anytime. Uh, obviously, in the physical th- physical therapy realm, um, you know we like to be involved, and uh, not only that, uh, kind of bridge any gap of communication and, and get to PT practice owners, um, letting them know that they're not alone out in the world and. Uh, we have an interesting kind of uh, approach to the way that we do things. Um, and 
obviously your personality, the way that you, you do things with the the PT podcast, um, it kind of paired perfectly. So we're excited to to start this partnership and and hope that your viewers can, um, you know, get a couple nuggets from us while we're here. All right, well, let's get to that. I, I mentioned in your intro, you've pretty much handled um, every role in a PT practice. Uh, let's go to you. Tech, reception, marketing assistant, physician liaison, now managing marketing for more than 50 uh, physical locations around the country. You guys are mainly up East Coast, but you guys are spreading West as well. We'll dig into about what what more about what physical is. But let's start with this. You think number, you say step number one has got to be planning in terms of like local marketing. Well, let's ask this question. What constitutes local? I mean, right now you're in Florida. I'm in upstate New York. Local is a, is a thing that's kind of ambiguous now, but where does it start in terms of how you start to map out this thing that we mentioned in the top of the show can be a little bit overwhelming, but it's not something to avoid. So when we talk local marketing, what constitutes local to you? What constitute local? What constitutes local to me? Um, you know, there's there's a lot of things that factor into that, and, and mainly it's community. Um, you know, really, it's a, a broad spectrum when we're talking about marketing, um, especially in our micro local markets. So if we can create uh, a little bit of a north star through planning, um, it gives us at least that direction to then apply in certain areas, right? So if we know that our base messaging for for October is National PT Month. Um, you know, that's what we're going to speak to in all of our markets. Um, however, the local aspect of it is the application. So um, if we have local clinicians that are specialized in pelvic health, those that are specialized in obviously the vestibular world, um, you know, we, we point to it and we point, point to the scope uh, that PT can offer not only a patient base, uh, but as well as, you know, the consumer, um, those of us that are direct access, as well as the referring providers in each, each respective market. I love how you use North Star. A lot of times we consume media. We consume media socially on these platforms. And you see the end product. But you say North Star because planning goes into this. What are we What are we focused on? How can we have a cohesive message? And I like to quote this guy, Donald Miller, who's written a couple great books on marketing. One of them that I talk about often on this show is Building a Story Brand. And it must be true, Justin, because rhymes, if you confuse your audience, you lose your audience. So having a North Star understanding what it is of value that you have that the audience is in demand of and repeating that message a bunch, a million different ways. If you wanted to add it to your marketing mix, as we would talk about in like a marketing one-on-one class, um, that's gotta be the first step. Cause I did mention can feel overwhelming. Cause again, you watch someone's final product. You didn't see how long or what they did to get there. But if it's a clear message, I am betting there was some planning involved in there. Uh, you all, you also like to say who better to deliver your message in terms of local, in terms of marketing. Um, if it's not you, it's somebody else. And if it's not somebody else, it's no one. So the question of who better deliver your message, it's got to be, you've got to be planning and you've got to be doing it. Exactly. Exactly. If you can't speak to what you offer a broader community, if you can't speak to what you offer a patient base, then how is anyone going to do it for you? Um, you know, that's where we get the disingenuine message. That's where we get messages that don't align with who we are. Um, from a, a core value standpoint, right? Um, so making sure that from top down, we're all aligned from a culture, uh, from a messaging standpoint, and from an actual application standpoint, um, obviously starts from, from the top down. And um, as local PT owners, um, clinical directors, really any management role um, within a clinical structure, that starts with them. And it, it causes a, a deeper conversation for that individual to have in the mirror of what they're trying to either offer a patient base um, or improve in a patient base's life. Uh, dangers. 
sometimes it's good to push on that danger button. The number one danger to physical therapists you think is this. This is what Justin thinks the number one danger is. What is it? It's complacency. Um, I think it's really easy for a, a small business owner. It doesn't have to be just a PT owner, right? Um, it can be a small business owner. It can be someone kind of just in the flow of things. It can you know, be an individual who, who's a part of the chain, right? Um, complacency. Um, I, I think that uh, one of my favorite quotes that comes from the Navy SEALs is that moderation is for cowards. Um, you know, we should always be trying to elevate, grow our business, grow our scope of influence, um, because chances are we could impact more than just one individual's life. And uh, obviously, marketing is a great vehicle to do that. Um, but, you know, if we can get there uh, either together, individually, um, and, and really try and make a difference and grow, um, I think it's a huge opportunity for everyone to take advantage of. You've got how, how many locations uh, does physical have around the country right now that you're working with from in terms of a marketing manager aspect, like ballparking for me? Well, don't uh, ballpark it. You're the boss. How many is it? So we've got 50 uh, clinics that are open, all outpatient facilities. Uh, we've got about three in the production timeline um, that are working their way through construction. And obviously, as an overall system, uh, we have 433 locations wow. nationwide and, and I think around the 100, 150 mark that are currently uh, in the works to open as well. So rapidly growing uh, as an organization. Um, but one thing that I do just want to um, state that I absolutely love uh, is that we refuse to compromise on who we are, right? And, and that, that kind of core value uh, culturally pushed from the top down. Um, we like to say that we live and breathe air, um, altruism, insightfulness, and resilience. Uh, those are all three things that our entire franchise system has uh, patient first centered care, um, and without, you know, again, growing without compromising those things. And, and, um, fortunately for me, I'm lucky to be a part of that. Yeah. All right. So I want to get to the nitty gritty. Then we talked about complacency. Let's say you're working with a, a PT, uh, clinic owner. And we talked about this off air. It's hard, right? We mentioned in the opening, like marketing can be overwhelming. Are you doing enough? Are you not, are you doing too much? How do you know? So we mentioned com complacency being the number one danger, to PTs, when you come across an owner who just says, "Listen, man," and you can tell they're 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 sort of complacent, maybe they're a little burned out, or they're overwhelmed with it. Where do you start in reframing that to get them on the right track? Because I'm sure with that many individuals that you're interacting with, they're going they're in different parts of their life life cycle, different parts of their energy cycle in terms of being able to communicate. How do you kind of re rack or reframe people to get them right back on the uh, on the right track to making sure they're delivering that North Star message? I think at the end of the day, it boils down to understanding that you're not alone on this island. And that's the beauty of a franchise system and kind of the, the scale at which we um, we have. We have a, a network of individuals who have probably experienced every gambit of challenges, um, obviously recently with COVID, but um, you know, opening a brand new clinic, closing a clinic um, that you've just opened to, to meet payroll. Um, these are all kind of challenges that we've all collectively seen work together and, and troubleshooted. So um, from my standpoint, really the first thing that we really address with the, any franchisee or uh, prospective owner who has a challenge is, is getting them to have a conversation around what challenges they're facing. Um, and then, you know, using our systems, whether it be marketing or, um, you know, kind of the EMR solution, billing, uh, a range of things to make sure that one, they're not alone, and two, we 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 can get them on the right path to, to being successful. I mean, we're just going. And it's funny how no matter how advanced we get in whatever we're talking about on this show, 
the things always circle back to the basics, right? You were just saying like, you need to admit that there's a problem in your in your in your business, right? Or maybe it, you because because you had just been focused all your energy on a pandemic and and how to to react to something you didn't, didn't expect. Now you need to admit that you took some of your bandwidth away from maybe marketing, maybe communicating. So admit that problem, and then maybe admit that you can't do it all. You need to be open minded about what can I do. What, what is going to move those needles, right? And that's where um, I'm sure KPIs in terms of marketing come come in, which is like, well, what target am I trying to hit here? Because I'll be honest with you. I've, I've guilty of this as well. When you try to hit all the targets, you start to miss all the targets. So hitting the ones that actually move the needle, what are some KPIs that are important to you from a local marketing, working one-on-one with a clinic owner? Um, what are some of them that come up that are effective at, you know, hitting some of those strategic goals down the line? What are some of those short-term KPIs that help move the big old needle? Um, great question. Uh, we like to call it in the physical space, the 444 methodology, right? Four blocks uh, or four walls, four blocks and four miles. Um, within that structure, we, we understand that the four walls are physical space, right? Our actual clinic. Um, how are we maximizing in-clinic marketing to either generate uh new patient reactivation, um, addressing more of a holistic approach of the patient um, or kind of a comprehensive uh, what's causing X mobility disorder or is a balance issue really associated with, um, you know, back pain or kind of mobility, right? Um, Obviously, I'm not a clinician, so I'm not going to speak to that, but understanding our internal marketing efforts, and that ranges from the physical space to our four... um, our, our digital uh, our digital space, right? So website, um, Google My Business, um, how are we getting in front of the consumer? And then it ranges out into the four blocks, which is the greater community, and then four miles, which is a larger surrounding area. It's a good, it's a good framework because I think a lot of people, again, and I keep bringing my phone up to the, to the screen here, if you're just a podcast audience, people just look at, it's so overwhelming. Justin, you can be everywhere, right? You can be on all these different social media platforms. How many do you need to be? How many do you need to be? I always say, how many are you going to be active and consistent on? If yep. the answer is two, be on two. I don't want you kind of on a third, right? You don't get a little bit wet when you jump into the deep end. You're either in the deep end or you're not. I love that that four, 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 four wall. Let me make sure I got this right. Four walls. What can you control within the four walls of your clinic? Let's start there. That's the inside out mentality, right? What can you control? Four blocks. That's the real local stuff, right? Like the vet, like these are the people in your neighborhood to go back to, to Sesame Street. And then four miles just grow out a little bit in terms of a mentality. How can you be how can you be producing and, and creating outreach in your community? Four walls, four blocks, four miles. Exactly. And I think one thing that I'd be remiss if I didn't say is our, our national director of marketing, Michelle Whaley. Um, is always great at coaching on small bite-sized chews, yeah. uh, making sure that we condense this massive list, this massive beast, which is marketing, into what we can accomplish today, in the quarter, in the month, and then in the year. Um, and then as we start chiseling away at that mountain, um, things get more digestible and easier to kind of take on, and, and we kind of see traction. How to eat an elephant, right? One bite at a time. You try to eat that whole thing, you're going to choke. Exactly. All right, so now that, you've, now that you've framed four walls, four blocks, four miles for us, um, where do you go in terms of audience segmentation? How do you pick on who to aim at, right? This, is, this isn't this is a KPI per se. This is, I think, even, even before a KPI. you got to decide who you're going to talk to and how you're going to talk to them. So talk about the two, audi- two audiences that, that you really aim at in terms of physical. 
So obviously in the healthcare space, um, you know, we're dealing with insurance payers, um, referring providers, other medical businesses, business, business relationships, um, for, for better or for worse are, are the lifeblood of our organization, uh, when it comes to generating patients from, um, you know, physician standpoint, fostering those relationships is probably going to be, um, ultimately key for a lot of our, our practices. Um, that being said, uh, 2020 presented uh, extreme opportunity, uh, not only for us, uh, but for pretty much anyone in the medical space. As elective surgeries, elective procedures have decreased, we've seen obviously a, a pursuant of information from, from millennials, Gen Zs, um, you know, pursuing different opportunities to improve their own health. And that's where the direct access conversation comes in. So obviously we have our B2B, uh, which is business business, which is business to business, which is our referring providers. But we also have our B two C, uh, which are direct access consumers. And obviously, there is a, a population within that that utilizes insurance. Um, but then also too, it speaks to the conversation of uh, cash payers as well. You and you talk to those audiences differently. You're going to talk about some of the same things in terms of what can I bring to you, right? So you can talk to a physician who might be a potential referring physician partner. You're going to talk to them about some of the same things you would to talk to someone within your four blocks or four miles, but you're going to talk to them vastly differently, right? You're going to talk to them about, they're, they're going to get excited, or I'm going to say the eyebrow test all the time, which is like their eyebrows are going to kind of go up at different things, right? With a referring physician, you might say, hey, send me your really tough patients. I would love to take a, a shot at, at helping to uh, help those people from your, uh, from your, from your, um, from your clinic. With someone from around the block, you're going to say, hey, you haven't gotten back to running. You're going to highlight the things they want to be able to do. So talking to different audiences about the same thing differently, that's something you need to go. That's That goes back to that North Star comment we had in the beginning of the episode, which is you've got to make sure that that's in the plan. If it's not in the plan, it's not going to get done. Exactly, exactly. It's, it speaks to basically um, from a verbiage standpoint alone. Physicians were talking about outcomes. In the consumer, we're talking about what you want to do that makes you happy. Picking up your child, going on a run. Let's get you back to the activities of a re relatability um, versus what an outcome would be if you if you, you know, seek care with one of our clinics. Speak my language. I speak differently to my best friend than I do to my grandmother, and that's okay. We can talk about the same things, but I'm going to speak differently. Um, let's talk about this. I learned uh, marketing and communications in a Catholic university from Brother Basil Valenti. So he was in front of the, the class in this brown robe with the, with the rope around his waist. And he said to the class, what is public relations? And a bunch of students, hot shot marketing communication students all raising their hand, throwing a bunch of BS answers at a, at a, at a Franciscan friar. And he, of course, just like a friar, is shaking his head. He's like, no, no, you foolish children. Public relations is building a relationship with the public. And part of a good relationship with the public, no matter how you've segmented them, is trust. Exactly. What's some suggestions you have in terms of building trust with those types of, of audiences we mentioned, either referring partners or the community? What's some advice you'd give there on how to build trust the right way? Um, I think it boils down to communication. Um, like most things in life, it uh, great communication between parties can lead to the ultimate relationships and, and terrible communication can lead to a sour one, right? Um, so when we're talking about referring providers, we're, we're being honest and upfront. Um, you know, we're not kind of delaying or extending a patient's care um, just because we need to meet total visit volumes for the month. We're doing what's in the patient's best interest. And if that means that we have to send them back to the referring provider and, and kind of have a dialogue about, 
maybe X diagnosis isn't necessarily appropriate for this patient or this setting is not appropriate for this patient and we think that um, they might seek better care elsewhere, uh, we're going to have that. Um, for the consumer, it's having that confidence that that conversation is occurring, right? Um, again, from a culture standpoint, if we're altruistic and we're insightful, like so many PTs in the medical community are, right? And it's not just PTs, it's overarching medical community who are so altruistic, um, especially given, given COVID and, and going through 2020, still being in the profession um, and working through all of the challenges from public health to you know, operating a small business, um, you know, having the confidence as a consumer that your clinician, your PT, your provider has the best interest in your health, that's invaluable, uh, if that's even a word, right? Um, and, you know, that's how you foster that longevity. Um, that's how you foster that lifetime relationship with that patient versus a one-off it's three to four week plan of care. It's a long game, right? And, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't say the, the quote I usually say when we bring this up, which is like doing the right thing is always the right thing. This is a long game. I didn't say, how do you, how do you promote an interaction? Right. The question was, how do you build trust? You can't build it quickly by definition. It's something that you shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to build trust quickly. So it's a long game. It's doing the right thing is, is always the right thing. And you know, what's, what's good for the patient or what's good for your community, what's good for the local referring partners in your community is good for business, right? You might be turning down or you might be shortening a length of, of care, but because it's the right thing to do, it's the right thing to do. And you might not, you know, you might not actually see when that comes back to you, but I would, I would be willing to bet it will come back to you. And the more you are consistent on doing the right thing, the more consistently things like that come back to you. Exactly. We've been lucky enough to see that time and time again. Um, where we've either intervened or spoken on patients' behalf, advocated for their own health. Um, and then we see them in, in five to six months again, um, just because of a shoulder pain or a neck pain or a back pain, um, because they trust us. And, yeah. and they want that opinion before they pursue any other option um, that could be tangible for their health. So yeah. it's definitely, you know, awesome. We're going to talk about more specific community, but I want to talk about I talk about you for for a second. Um, what's something people are always surprised to learn about you? Something they wouldn't know looking at you, or something they wouldn't you know? I mean, I think people are always just these great stories that we don't know. So, what's something people are always surprised to learn about Justin? Um, I guess two things, and they they kind of tie together. Um, my last name is English. Uh, however, I am fortunate enough to come from a very diverse family. Uh, my mother is Korean, and my father is English. Um, you know, both immigrated to America and in, in the 60s and 70s and, and met when my father was serving in the military. So um, I, I love that aspect of myself. I love being Korean. I love being English. And, and more, most importantly, I love being American, right? Uh, USA, baby. Um, but also, too, that I'm a military brat. And growing up, um, I was incredibly shy. And you know, shy and marketing don't necessarily pair together. Um, but I think one thing that... Uh, having a strong family life and, and, you know, being an only child teaches you is that when you really believe in something, you speak up for it. And as you know, I had to move a couple times uh, around the country and, and um, trying different experiences, you get tired of being the kid who sits alone for lunch and uh, wanting to explore things and you break out of your shell. And so I'd say that's probably a unique aspect of me that people don't necessarily see from the, the surface level and the adult version of, of the young kid who ate by himself. 
I love getting those little surprises. And this teaches, you know, this goes along with the reason I continue to this podcast, which is like you can learn something from a conversation with pretty much anybody. And if you ask this question, right, what what do you something that people are usually surprised at? You're going to get some really cool, interesting answers that you might not have tripped across. So uh, I, I always like throwing those in, in there. Um, and you guys are going to be a, a part of the show in terms of physical. PTs are usually surprised to learn that physical was created by physical therapists for physical therapists in private practice. And then when they align their business with physical, they continue to retain 100% equity in their business and 100% autonomy in running their practice. A lot of people think that that goes away, but they're surprised, happily surprised when they learn that. Plus, on average, a private practice who joins physical network grows more than 40%. So if you're ready to discover how the largest network of PT private practice owners are growing and adapting to these industry changes, and we have a lot, uh, visit physicalfranchise.com. That's physical, F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L, franchise.com. Uh, we mentioned community being a, a big part of your 444 paradigm. So how do you define community? When someone says, hey, when Justin says to a clinic owner, hey, you need to do more in your community, if the clinic owner pushes back and says, I don't understand, you know, where does that begin and end? Community can be ambiguous. How do you, how does, how do you and how does physical define community from a PT clinic perspective? So um, kind of subjective, right? It, it can be if you're in a, a business park or a business strip, it could be literally be your next door neighbors. Sure. Um, those businesses. It can be the broader medical community within your greater metropolitan area. Um, it can be the neighborhood that's right across the street from your PT practice, and it can even be the own neighborhood that you live in. Um, so when we talk about community, we we want, I, I guess, the, the general perspective on it being that really community is driven by the individuals within it, and it can range in size, it can range in, in kind of proximity. Um, but if we as thought leaders as advocators can be present in those in those uh, circles, um, go for it and pursue it at any kind of rate. It can be big, small, little, whatever you need. Yeah, find opportunities for you to wedge yourself in there. And, I, and by opportunities, again, I'm going to go back to this basic, um, lead with that give. Um, you know, I've talked about the, the book that Gary Vaynerchuk wrote a couple years ago, Jab, 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 Right Hook. And if you haven't read it, the jabs are gives, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't show up and ask a, somebody you just met for, for money or to help you move, right? Use that analogy. Take, take money out of it to help you move. But if you showed up consistently over 6, 12, 18 months for someone, they had a problem and you kept showing up, suddenly you ask them to help you move a piano doesn't seem like the strangest things because you've given, given, given. So I would say, yeah, I would agree with everything you said, which is find somewhere in your community that you can give, give, give. And when, you, when you've given, 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 then you can then you can say, and, and again, this is why I love this profession. Your your ask, your right hook in this situation is, hey, um, you know, what are some of your goals that I can help you achieve? Like, how great is that? Our, our even our ask sounds like a like a friendly give, and how we can help our audiences. Yeah, I, I've I've seen PTs just walk up and say, hey, I, I've noticed the way that you're walking. This is totally weird because I'm watching you walk. Right. Um, but that heel strike is terrible. So let me let me at least do some uh, like mobility assessments. Let me see if you're a qualified candidate for, for an ortho orthotic. Um, yeah. Is there any way I can actually screen you um, in like the least creepy setting, right? Yeah. So <laughs> we, we were told in neuro, once you learn the gate cycle, you can never unsee it. So you're all, you're as PT students are going through PT school and people who, I don't care how long ago you went to PT school, uh, you're always analyzing people's gait. That's just something you can't unsee. Uh, as we uh, record on October 7th, uh, PT Day of Service is coming up this weekend, October 9th. 
um, you guys have a pretty big impact in the community. We talk about the stats of how many locations physical uh, gets to impact in communities. What are some uh, what are some things you guys are be doing? Why is it important to, to get involved with PT Day of Service for physical? Um, it, I, I think for us, what's important is that this this day, this initiative that the APTA kind of introduced the PT world, right? It's not about what's in it for us. It's about what's in it for our broader community. It's about what's in it for the underserved. And as advocates in the patient's health, patient's life, we should be at the forefront of that conversation. We should be, at least as a profession, as a profession leading the charge uh, to make sure that we are a part of a broader community. And so for us, um, from a culture standpoint, we want team building. Uh, we've advocated for our, our patient or our clinics to go out into their communities and find passion projects that they are obsessed with. Um, they love. I've got uh, avid nature goers who want to go on a hike and, and hi, uh, clean up a trail. Uh, here, obviously, in Florida, we've got more than enough clinics uh, to clean up a couple beaches. Um, but kind of uh, really special thing that we saw an opportunity in a few years ago. Uh, was a partnership with our national charitable partner Meals on Wheels. Um, if you want to talk about existing to serve an underserved population, um, Meals on Wheels probably takes the cake there. Yeah. Uh, they, they obviously provide meal services for the elderly, but they also provide meal services for a range of underserved populations. Um, so for us, it, it made sense. You know, there's uh, one of our base concepts in physical is our balance in the vestibular program, but obviously falls are tied to that. And, uh, you know, you can speak to it. Every PT listening in can speak to it of the dangers of falls, especially as we age um, and the isolation that kind of occurs within that senior population. And, and Meals on Wheels is at the forefront of kind of at least that social interaction and troubleshooting some of those concerns. Um, and we also wanted to kind of be hand in hand in that conversation and, and really drive change. Um, to that aging demographic, especially as we get to the baby boomers and, and progressive yeah. uh, generations. I mean, Meals on Wheels, we talk about a community-based organization, and that's been a theme. And I told you this before we hit record, right? Like, we're going to start talking, and themes just kind of emerge. And it really is about community. And you wouldn't necessarily think that, right? Somebody could have a, a pessimistic view. Well, physical, you're just this franchise, and it's all about how many. But the words community and how to impact things on a small level – and again, big things don't happen until the, all the small things repeatedly happen. Um, it's it's just refreshing to hear. I was lucky enough to be at the very first PT Day of Service event just because I happened to be in PT school in Ale near Alexandria, Virginia, when the first PT Day of Service event came on, and that's that was at the forefront of it. How can you how can, a FOSA would talk about how can you impact a person, a small group, a small community, big things add up to make big changes. Um, if you haven't pledged, I'm talking to the audience right now, global PT Day of Service, uh, go to ptdayofservice.com. Again, does it have to be PT related? No. Can it be? Sure. If there are PTs or PTAs or students of either of those disciplines um, partaking, I say it falls under the umbrella of our profession. So make sure you, you do it. So it's good to hear an organization from the size and the reach of physical being involved with something so great as uh, as PT Day of Service. Well, when you talk yourself as altruistic, right? Yeah, you absolutely buy into it. And, yeah. um, you know, we're fortunate enough to have uh, members of our exec team who, who have been impacted by Meals on Wheels personally um, through their family. And, and so, um, like I said, it just made sense. And if we can drive that impact, we're, we're willing to be at the forefront of that conversation. Love that. All right. Are you ready to do? We have a tradition on the show. It's called Three Questions. Are you ready to do Three Questions? Let's do it. Let's do it. 
Three questions brought to you by our friends from Fusion Medical Staffing. Find them online at fusionmedstaff.com. As a PT, you've got a unique set of skills. And with your in-depth medical knowledge, fine touch, and confidence, you can make an impact on your patients' recoveries in their communities. See the theme. It's everywhere. Uh, move forward in your PT career. Why not take it on the road? Let your PT or PT license take you where you want to go. Start your journey at FusionMedStaff.com. That is FusionMedStaff.com leaders and hashtag travel physical therapy. So three questions, Justin. The first one is a where question. Where is somewhere that you just love to go? You can't wait to go somewhere soon. What's your Where's your where? Um, you probably have to be Denver, Colorado. Um, I'm a West Coaster. Uh, grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada, and, and absolutely love, um, you know, my mountains and my desert. But um, Denver kind of has it all, right? It has that West Coast feel. It has the mountains, but it also has arguably the perfect weather and the amount of green that you need to see. So that's a green Denver for sure. Denver. All right. Second question is a what question. Um, this helps me build up my Netflix queue or my reading list or whatever. What's something that you've uh, watched or read or listened to that you think the audience would get value from? Um, wow. That, that's putting me on the spot here. Um, watched or listened to, yeah, I would have to podcast anything. I would, I, I'm, I'm lost right now, but I would have to say, um, how to win at the sport of small business, uh, by Mark okay. Cuban. Uh, I, I grew up playing sports and, and the mentality, it pairs really nicely and it gives you a kind of high level insight into what it means to be successful from a small business perspective um, and how you have to challenge yourself uh, personally to professionally grow. And so yeah. that's probably where I'm at. He's also my favorite shark. I just, he's just to the point, like there's no BS about him. And I just like, he's, I don't know. I mean, I know it's TV, but he seems real to me. So anything with Cuban on it, I'm kind of like, okay, that's legit. Uh, last question on three questions is a who question. Who is someone the audience should know more about? Um, taking a total brown nose moment. Um, members of our exec team, um, ranging from you know our CEO, Brian Belmont, who was huge in growing Planet Fitness, to our chief development officer, Scott Windrich, who was in, in, in the massage elements world and the health fitness world. Um, but out of everyone, I, I'd say my two kind of absolute go-tos would be our chief brand officer, Mary Ellen Torres, um, work, has worked for high-level brands um, like the Walt Disney Company, Apple, um, TJX, uh, and also in, in the restaurant industry, and also our president of the company clinics, uh, Dr. Chris Mulvey, um, who has scaled a himself, um, started off as a PTA, transitioned into the, in the DPT role um, you know, through his education, always pursued different levels of education. I believe he has his MBA as well. Um, and scaled a local practice in Fort Myers and, and obviously now oversees uh, the same clinics that I'm lucky enough to be involved in. So and now you're sitting there with the, yeah, you're sitting there with the, that logo. That sounds like a really eclectic team. I mean, but that makes sense, right? Because you have to have diverse backgrounds to be able to to communicate the the benefits of all the things that we do. All right. Well, you got your points in, right? It's not brown nose. Don't don't mention the brown nose. Just mention that you did it. All right. Last thing we do on the show, Justin, is called the parting shot. Parting Shot is brought to you by our friends of the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. Just released, like less than a month ago, 
uh, Volume 5, 5th edition of Current Concepts of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. This your perfect roadmap to go from wherever you are in your orthopedic career to where you want to get. You want to be current, right? Current Concepts. What is the latest in your profession? They've got it. They're the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. So uh, get Current Concepts now. Great introductory price online at orthopt.org. All right, uh, Justin, your your chance for your parting shot. What do you want to leave with the audience? Your chance for like a mic drop moment, a quote, a sentiment. Uh, the parting shot is yours, my friend. Um, honestly, I'd have to say that marketing is overwhelming. Uh, there's, there's no getting around that, right? Um, but I think what we spoke to today is that it's important and it's a, it's a base of, of, of growing our practices, growing our scope of influence. Um, and as long as we have that North star, as long as we have a plan in place and we don't really deviate from it, um, you know, it, it, it it's easier. Um, and sometimes it's just as easy as starting or asking a question, um, to get started. And so while it is overwhelming, anyone can do it. Um, so kind of put your best for, foot forward, um, and, you know, take any losing opportunity as a win. Uh, with the right attitude, you can always learn from a situation. And, and marketing is one of those things that we're always tweaking, tuning and testing, yeah. altering, and it will never be perfect. But, um, you know, we, we progress nonetheless. I love that. Yeah. And, and I tell clients all the time, like, you know, failure to plan is planning to fail, right? That's what Coach John Wooden said. And so if you're just flinging stuff into the ether and hoping, you know, in terms of marketing efforts, you're hoping it's going to land. I got news for you. Success doesn't happen by accident, but also failure embracing those moments uh justin appreciate you coming by on the show and talking marketing 101 i'd love to have you back on i think this is a muscle that a lot of pts avoid flexing because it doesn't feel natural right but you've laid out hey listen it's overwhelming but it's not impossible and the more you do it the more you lean into it the better it's going to be and the better your community is going to benefit from that because you're going to reach more people bottom line uh, Justin from Physical, appreciate you coming by. We say the best conversations happen at happy hour. Thanks for coming to ours.